the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good for Holden or Manta. You may or may not recognize the name, but you've probably seen his face. It's uh, been everywhere. He's nine years old and a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Karen Phillips can thank him for this. And now it's time for the Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Uh, that's Karen, C-A-R-R-O-N. He's a guy. And when Holden showed up during the telecast of the Kansas City Chiefs game with his face painted black and red and wearing a headdress, Karen decided to write this on one of America's most annoying websites, Deadspin. Here's the quote. The NFL needs to speak out against the Kansas City Chiefs fan in blackface and native headdress, while the picture they used only showed the side of his face that was painted black. It was black and red, one on red on one side, black on the other. The old Chiefs logo from the 60s was a Native American with his face painted black and red. Karen said the NFL was allowing someone to uh, display racism and hate, and he said that, quote, there's no place for a franchise to be called the Chiefs in a league that's already eradicated Redskins. Of course, he was trashed on social media for beating up on the kid, but the best part is, as it turns out, the kid, Holden, is Native American. His great-grandfather was an elder in the Santa Inez Band of the Chumash Indians, which, of course, means his family isn't the least bit offended by the names chiefs. By the name chiefs. Matter of fact, they love it. So we sure hope Karen Phillips isn't offended by winning the award this week for AM1250, The Answer, Jerk. Of the week. Yep, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Victoria Taft of PJ Media about a column written by the woman who finished a really close second in the jerk voting, by the way. She says women shouldn't date any man who supports Donald Trump. And in our second half hour, Coach Prime is named Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year, and it's kind of embarrassing. Stick around. Well, I tried to watch the debate last night. I really did. Uh, I DVR'd it, and as usual, I watched enough of it eventually to know that I was glad I didn't watch it. Uh, Victoria Taft of PJ Media and the Adult in the Room podcast tells me she watched it, and she joins us now. Victoria, you're a better man than I, or something like that. Oh, man. I tell you what, it's great to be in Steiger World to tell you what happened during the yeah. debate last night. And generalities, it was just like a, it was another mugging of a Californian. It was it was done out in the open. There were witnesses. It was caught on video, and no one did anything about it, and it was glorious. <laughs> yeah, now, I, I, wanted, I definitely want to talk to you about the debate, but as I, I spoke to you yesterday, I was hoping to get you on yesterday, and uh, we didn't connect until too late. Uh, but I have to ask you about the column written by Amanda Marcotte at Sa- Salon that I mm-hmm. referred to here yesterday. She says it's a good thing most women don't want to date Trump 
voters because supporting Trump is like refusing to bathe, blowing your nose in your hand, and farting out loud on purpose. That's kind of strong. (laughs) It was so good. I mean, in terms of, you know, just like, this is uh, a wonderful column in that it shows the absolute Trump derangement syndrome, which still pervades the Democratic Party. And the other thing that she said was that if attitudes don't shift, well, actually, this is a Washington Post quote in the article, if attitudes don't shift, a political dating mismatch will threaten marriage. So, John, what this is, is an incredible attempt at blame shifting by the left against the right. And of course, the best, you know, bully boy that they can point to is Donald Trump, and it's all his fault. It has nothing to do with toxic masculinity and the fact that the left don't like men. It is it has nothing to do with how they're misgendering and regendering and and all that. No, no, no. It's Trump's fault. It has nothing to do with the fact that we're at no replacement rate, where we can't afford to own anything, where students who are coming out up in the workplace now and looking around cannot afford to get married. It has nothing to do with that. No, it's all Trump's fault. This is a colossal, um, epic proportioned blame shifting, the likes of which you haven't seen since the San Andreas fault, you know, burped <laughs> in the last century. It is amazing. Yeah, everybody should check it out. Um, Salon.com, and it's, um, if you can Google it, it's, it's, or just go to Salon.com, I'm sure it'll pop up there. Her name is Amanda Marcotte, M-A-R-C-O-T-T-E, if you want to duck, duck, go it. Um, so my four grandsons are in college, and they and all of their male friends love Trump, and they've loved him since they were in high school. Are, are they doomed to a life of bachelorhood, you think? No, there are a lot of conservative women who would like nothing more oh. than a very strong men. Wow. Uh, this, is the big, this is the big thing. There are women out there who really appreciate the fact that there are strong men out there who are independent, they're self-sufficient, they know what they want to do in life. Now, now mind you, you're not going to find a lot of those in liberal circles, but you will find those in conservative circles. And what this, the Washington Post original piece from which the Salon piece was adapted was just attempting to show that there's, there's a real problem in marriage and love in this country. And indeed, they're right. That mm-hmm. was an editorial in the Washington yeah, Post. Yeah, she's they're reacting right. in the, her column to a, an editorial by the Washington Post uh, that right. got her mad. Yeah, in this unsigned essay, she says, the authors fret that the ideological divide between young men and women is preventing Gen Z from getting married. Women under 30 are far more likely to be liberal than men who are far more likely to identify as conservative. Now, one of the reasons why that is, John, and you and I both know it from just living life, reading the papers, looking at social media, we know uh, they, they don't like uh, men and mm-hmm. um, and men are toxic. Mm-hmm. And Nancy Piercy writes a Nancy Piercy writes an amazing book of the toxic war on masculinity, and that's in, it's all it also has to do with the fact that we are as a people veering away from rational thought as far as I'm concerned, but the objective truth which one can find in houses of faith. And that is one of the reasons why there's this mass confusion and the attempt to replace religious beliefs and belief in God with belief in their God politics. And it's not going to work. And, mm-hmm. that's, and that's why Elon Musk is out there going and having all these kids and saying, hey, you know what? 
the, you got to have kids. Mm-hmm. The good people have got to be reproducing. And um, so it's all mishmashed and to and written in this salon piece in a breathtaking way to shift the blame from not their misdeeds, not the left's misdeeds. Oh, no, that couldn't happen. But rather to dump it right on Trump. Well, my favorite it's part of the column. Uh, breathtaking. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I loved it, actually. Um, my my favorite part of the column, maybe except for the farting part, is uh, mm-hmm. when she talks about Trump being dangerous because he's been accused of sexual assault. She says, a woman bringing a Trump supporter into her home is bringing someone who ascribes to an ideology in which you are not fully human. Um, do you think she voted for Hillary Clinton? And do the, is it possible to have less introspect, the ability for in, introspection than this? My guess is that it's exactly who she voted and for Joe in Biden. 2016. And Joe Biden. Of course she did. Of course she did. Or that, or Marion, or was it uh, yeah. the... Yeah. It was a Green Party chick. Marion uh, Williams, something or other. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's always a refreshing yeah. change of pace. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is what's going on. It's a, it's an ability to, it's an attempt to um, shift the blame, as I've mentioned, from mm-hmm. uh, all the stupid stuff. There, You know, what makes people happy In, intrinsically, deep down? What makes them happy? To, to As humans, we have human behaviors. And this is something that the left has been trying to stamp out for years. You know, like, oh, you know, we're, we're just going to assume that there's no such thing as humans doing what humans doing do. And we're going to make laws and regulations and all this other stuff to try to stamp, stamp out the, the impelled uh, uh, actions of a human. And um, part of that impelled actions of a human is to find a mate. And this is why people are unhappy. This is why they don't want to get married. They're so wedded to their religion, politics, that they can't see past the fact that they are crying out in the inner core of their being for a mate. Many, many people are. Not everyone, but mm-hmm. but I would say that most humans do feel that way. And they want to find somebody with whom they can have uh, love and family. And they're not getting it. And why? Because there are certain impediments to that. One being their... Uh, the, the attitude of the mass mobs that tell them that the that Trump is evil and all that stuff. So therefore, anyone who's on that side of the political aisle that Donald Trump is on is also someone who ha- holds those values of being evil uh, or they're they're fascist and all that stuff. They've been told this chapter and verse. They've been told this since they were in kindergarten for crying out loud. And now all of a sudden they wake up they like a little meerkat sticking their head out of the hole, going, "Oh wait, what is this place?" Oh, it's it's real life. Yeah. And then they're confronted with real life and they just don't know what to do. And they end up as writers in Salon magazine writing <laughs> tripe like this. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Victoria Taft of PJ Media. And I've been asking for a long time um, how any man can vote for a Democrat. I don't I don't I don't get it. And I haven't gotten an answer yet, but plenty of them do. But let, let, let's get on to the uh, debate. Um, you wrote a fe- you write a feature for um, PJ Media called West Coast Mest Coast. So uh, mm-hmm. you've been paying close attention to Gavin Newsom for a while. Did he exceed his usual level of smarm last night? Oh, God, it was in high it was in high form. The, a wonderful piece in Politico uh, did a number did I a, a takedown or a sort of uh, I guess a deconstruction of their body language and it was pretty hilarious as as politico could only do they talk about how 
the governor of California displayed a, let's say, I want to make sure, uh, a particular kind of smile. And it, that kind of smile shows that they are his Newsom's pearly whites, I'm quoting, were the perfect contrast throughout the night when DeSantis went on attack. Newsom blunted his blows with that charming smile, said the hard hitting piece by the former FBI body language expert. And, you know, there's some something to it. I like body. I, I like body language experts. Yeah. I think they're kind of fun. But uh, but it was the uh, Duchenne smile, which is perceived as a more genuine, authentic and therefore trustworthy at a subconscious level smile. And so he said that uh, Newsom displayed that. And that was great. And Newsom also looked at at uh, DeSantis when DeSantis was saying something uh, or when he was attacking DeSantis on something. But he had really had no ammo. It was the guy who walks in and says, OK, it's the old if you don't have the facts, pound the law. If you don't have the law, pound the pound the facts. And if you have neither pound the table, Newsom was pounding the table all night. And um, because it's really hard to defend high gas prices that are $2 a gallon on in some places higher than the rest of the country. It's really hard to defend when there's been a 20% increase in prices at the store. <clears throat> and he wanted to talk about, oh, we have uh, we have more poor people and they are uh, in well better taken care of. But what you have then are a bunch of serfs, not citizens. And so uh, it was it went on and on and on like that. He, and he didn't serve himself well. And of course, the, the big leg sweep from DeSantis's camp was the fact that he, uh, as we know, because we've talked about this before, and I write about it at uh, the West Coast, West Coast piece that I do for PJ Media, that DeSantis or that um, Newsom's own in-laws moved <laughs> to Florida to get away from his closers yeah. and shutdowns during COVID. Yeah. And it was, you know, I mean, you know, call 911. There's been a murder in the house. Yeah. And we could have just, he could have left the stage after that last night. I rest my case, but he stuck it out. And, you know, DeSantis isn't as smooth as, as Newsom. And Newsom deserves points for going on Fox again. But on the other mm -hmm. hand, we also know that Sean Hannity did such a softball puff interview with Newsom the last time that I thought he was going to pay Hannity for the happy ending. It was mm -hmm. just amazing to me. So, you know, so he did go on. It was good. And um, Hannity did what Hannity always doesn't do. I mean, it, Hannity always overtalks everybody. He always... Yeah oversells you know like i'm doing right now to you and <laughs> <laughs> no i know what you're saying he he's um he never shuts that, up that's one of the reasons i i i couldn't watch he it did last night yeah well I, one of the reasons i couldn't watch it was um just from a tv production standpoint um before seeing any of it i i, I thought having sean hannity be the moderator was a mistake not if you want to have sean hannity and you want it to be called fair, um, you have to have a co-moderator. You have to have someone who is going to be more friendly to Gavin Newsom, as much as you may yeah. not like that. I, I just think it was it was hard to be a success just because of the format. And that, and I just didn't oh, have a whole agreed. lot of patience for that. I would say that that's true. And there's, I think that was almost an enticement for Newsom to do it because he's, you know, got a hefty ego on him. Yeah. And he's in an impermeable uh, uh, ego. So I think that he just decided that he was going to go and be able to state the case. He tried to do it. Um, he tried to uh, take down DeSantis's crime stats, for example, and say, well, you know, there's 
there's a higher crime in your state. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? There's not even a chance that's true. <laughs> Here's Hannity, and he asks the question, and he puts up, he puts the FBI statistics up, right? Yeah. And, so it was just, and he did that on every question, to his credit. And I don't give Sean a lot of credit these days, but, I, but that was a smart move because then it was fact-checked. He asked the question, and the fact-check was there. And it wasn't like cherry-picked data. It was like, oh, the FBI stats. It's California stats. I mean, it was, and so he did himself and everyone else a service by providing the uh, the instantaneous fact check inside the question. So Let I, me ask I you thought a... that was good, and you know, and Newsom had to know that that was coming. They, they don't go into these things blindly, obviously. Uh-huh. Right. Well, um, I chose to watch the Penguins game last night, and uh, I saw the first goal ever scored by a Penguins goalie. That's going back to 1967, really? 56 years. So I get the feeling nothing in the debate was more interesting than that. Uh, was any new ground broken that I, you know, what I should no, I have traded seeing something really. that hadn't happened in 56 years? Not for you, but maybe yeah. for viewers. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. you know, you, you're well read. Right. We right. talk and I tell what's going on. And but, but one of the questions I would have liked to have had as Sean Hannity asked, I had a piece up at yeah. Jamie D. Yesterday asked me 30 did, yeah. questions. And uh, one of the questions I really, really wanted somebody to ask him was, oh, by the way, whatever happened to that $40 billion you pissed away on COVID funds? And by the way, the person who lost that because she's incompetent, who's now gone on to the Biden administration, um, did you fire her? No, he, he no. didn't fire her, naturally. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I, and something else, this is just, this popped up today, and I got about a minute and a half left here. I just happened to see this a few minutes ago, a, um, a, a Buffalo Bills player um, has been arrested for um, assault, and I saw that on the online. It was an ABC. It was either the, an ABC affiliate or a uh, or ABC itself. I forget which. But on the uh, the headline of the piece that was you know online where you could click on to read it was that he was assaulted for attacking a pregnant person. Girlfriend. How about oh, that? Oh yes, I did see it. Do you see that? I believe that. I did see that in a tweet. Who who was the one who retweeted it and said, you know, the end is near? Yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah it, was, it turns out it was his girlfriend, and it turns out she's a female. Imagine so that, yeah. A pregnant person, she was a pregnant female. Yeah. So, uh, it's just amazing yeah, to me amazing. that there are people working at media outlets like that. I can't remember, as I said, whether it's the network or affiliate. It doesn't matter. It's someone in the position of writing stuff like that. Uh, and that's what they put on. Uh, that's that's how they finish the. That's how they write it. It's a person, a it's pregnant like it, person. It, you know, it, it stands to reason that what we might want to do is check the AP style book, which is the supposed Bible uh, yeah. that is as malleable as the uh, Merriam-Webster online dictionary. That's how dumb it is. Right. But um, you might want to. I mean, that might be an AP style book thing where we're going to call them pregnant persons now. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I think I may have actually seen that uh, somewhere. Uh, well, anyway, that's uh, that about sums it up. Uh, plus, uh, oh. a piece of news that uh, Jesse Smollett is going to looks like he's going to jail, which should make what? a lot of yeah. He was the Illinois um, Illinois what appeals court uh, turned uh, turned down his appeal, and he's he's done. He's he's going to be going off. I I guess I hope, but he's back in the news. Oh. That's, that's today. If you haven't seen that, check that out. Oh no, I had not seen that. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> oh well, you know what. I mean that one. There was 
Man, yeah. there was another thing that was all Trump's fault. Remember that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is a mega, this is a mega yeah, country. And well, I have c- coming up in my next uh, segment, I'm going to read some of the things that were said by some of the people who were just outraged when Jussie was um, oh. spreading his lies and about how what a terrible thing it was. So, and none of them, yeah. of course, apologized. Include Kamala Harris's stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey. I'm I'm out of time, uh, Victoria. I'm actually over time, as usual. I appreciate you coming on, and we'll talk again, I hope. Yes, sir. Happy Christmas, and it's great to be inside the world. Hey, thank you, Victoria. And she's with PJ Media and the Adult in the Room podcast. I'll be right back. Well, what do, we, what do you say we uh, finish off the week here with some, um, well, I think uh, Rush Limbaugh used to call it his stack of stuff. I got a bunch of stuff here uh, that interests me. I hope it interests you. Um, and some of it, uh, believe it or not, includes sports. Uh, I'll start with this one. Dion Sanders, uh, also known as Coach Prime, has been named the Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year. Now, if you pay any attention at all to sports or college football, you know that when he, when the college football season started back in September, he was the big story. Um, he took over a Colorado team that had gone one and eleven last year, and they went. Uh, they started out three and zero. Now, as it turned out, the teams they beat were not very good, and then he lost. I believe it's uh, eight out of nine from that point on. So the team went back to looking like a one and eleven team for the last I don't know three months of the season. So. Um, being named Sportsman of the Year, I, and, and I guess you can be Sportswoman of the Year, too. Uh, so he beat out some uh, whatever women might have been qualified for that title. I can't think of any off the top of my head. But he's called the Sportsman of the Year, and it goes to the athlete or team whose performance that year most embodies the spirit of sportsmanship and achievement. So um, he's been criticized. Um the, the the pick has been criticized by a lot of people because they they finished with a four and eight uh, record and hadn't won a game since October tenth lost six in a row and you know have the probably have the worst defensive team in the country which is interesting because he's a former he's a Hall of Fame cornerback uh, defensive back so and some of the other people who have won Sportsman or Sportswoman of the Year Muhammad Ali Arthur Ashe Billy Jean King, yeah, Steph Curry won it last year. I'm not sure that Dion rises to that level. Not after coaching a team uh, to a uh, to six losses in a row and whatever they finished three and nine record. Um, and the other part of it is that Sanders, in order to put together this team, when he came in to Colorado where they had a bad team, he sent. He, he just told the kids who were there on scholarship to get lost. He said, I'm, I'm bringing my own luggage, and it's Louis Vuitton, and that ain't you, basically, is what he said. And he sent them home, told them to get out. So they had to go fend for themselves. And then he brought in a bunch of guys from his team at Jackson State, which was very successful, including his two sons, both of whom made major contributions to the team. So I don't know how sportsmanship like that is to come into a program where in the past it used to be a coach would come into a one and eleven team and he'd say, "Well, 
this is college now. This is a big difference between coming into a uh, a pro team and a college team. But he came into a college team, talking about 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. They're not going to go play in the NFL. They're there on scholarship. They might actually be real college students, many of them. And uh, if you tell them to get lost and you tell them that you can't, they can't play there anymore, it's just not about not being on the football team. It's about go find another college to go to, see which credits transfer. Um Uproot your life. You know, maybe you like it here. Maybe your girlfriend goes here. It doesn't matter. Get out. We don't care. We don't want you on the football team. I don't know. That seems kind of like, kind of goes against the tradition. And, and as I said, it used to be that uh, a coach would come in and find a team like that, like Johnny Majors found here at Pitt uh, way back in the 70s and turned it into a national championship team. Now, who knows? There's so a lot of, a lot of, um, Things were changed, let's put it that way, for Johnny Majors when he came in to make it easier for him to get players. I'll just leave it at that. But I don't know, sports sportsman of the year, eh, I'm not going for it. And I, I, I'm not prepared to offer someone who I think should be sportsman of the year. And I don't read Sports Illustrated anymore anyway. I don't know. I, I sure don't get that. Does a magazine even exist? But I don't read it very much anyway. So... That's one thing. Now here's another sports here's another sports item. Uh, this is basketball, okay? Now Louisville played a game last night. Louisville's a really good team, ranked high-ranked team and they played uh, Bellarmine, which is a team that they're supposed to beat by I don't know, a lot. It's one of those warm-up games on the schedule. But they they had to come from behind to win the game to beat Bellarmine last night. And so the coach is Kenny Payne. He has a kid on his team named Tyler Johnson. T-Y hyphen L-A-U-R is his name, Johnson. Uh, He's a freshman, and uh, he's one of the best freshmen in the country, and he's a really, really good player. Well, he only played about three minutes of the first half, and then he came in in the second half, and he played a, a major role in Louisville coming back and avoiding the embarrassing upset. So Louisville ended up winning the game. So after the game, you know, the media wanted to know, hey, coach, uh, we noticed that, you know, you're one of your stars there, uh, Tyler Johnson. He didn't play much in the first half. He only played a couple of minutes. What was going on there? You ready for this? I probably shouldn't tell you this. We didn't have the tights that he wanted, so he didn't know if he wanted to play. Oh, yeah. What? You heard it. We didn't have the tights that he wanted, that we've never had for him, and he decided, I don't feel like I can go. That's what young people do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't even know. But he figured it out in the second half. He accepted the fact that we didn't have the tights that we've never had for him, and he played, and he played well. Next. Next. Now, here's two things about that. First of all, I had to li- look up what tights were. I had an idea what, what, what they were, but I wasn't sure. And it's like, um, you know, like it's tights. It's it's um, something you wear under your, your shorts or for your legs. And, uh, you know, they're tights. And they're I guess they, they're meant to support your muscles and pre- prevent injury. I don't know what they are. But, but this kid is a freshman, okay? And he says, nah, I can't play. These tights, uh, they're just not fitting me right. So that's bad enough, okay? As as the coach himself said, hey, this is what I deal with. 
okay? This is, this is youth today. This is what I got to put up with. But here's the problem for me. Why do you put up with it? You're playing Bellarmine, okay, first of all. It's a team you should kill. You should beat them really bad. Um, and when the kid says, I don't want to play tonight, I don't like my tights, you said you were going to get me some better tights, it used to be, again, man, I'm just old, and may I, you know, I'm thinking about great uh, and successful coaches from the past in all sports. Well, I guess a good guy to, to uh, refer to in this situation would be Bobby Knight. How do you think Bobby Knight would react? He'd tell the kid, pack up your stuff, get out. He, he, I, there's a really good chance he'd kick him off the team. I don't care how good he is. But the one thing he would say, oh, is you don't want to play because of your tights, take your uniform off, go sit in the stands with the students, you're not on the team tonight, get out of here. That's which is what Kenny Payne should have said to the kid. Um, but Kenny Payne knows better than I do what how you have to treat young basketball players now. And he has. I'm guessing that Kenny Payne knows that if he – makes an example of this kid and is too tough on him, well, the word will get around to the other players in the country, the recruits, high school players, that Kenny Payne is mean and he's too tough. And, boy, you don't want to play for him. Um, I don't I – I, I, I just don't get a coach, a, a freshman of all things. The kid's – well, he's been in college for 20 minutes. He's played – how many games could he have played up to this point? Two or three, four, I don't know. And he tells the coach he doesn't want to play because his tights are not what he was promised. <laughs> and, and the coach, instead of laughing in his face or, or screaming in his face and telling him to get lost, he says, okay. And then he, he's, he has no problem telling the media exactly what happened. And he said, hey, you heard what he said. Hey, I know, tights. This is the way it is. Next question. So that's um, those are two little sports items. Now, uh, there's another item here that I came across. Now, it was uh, 13 years ago this month, 2010, yeah, 2010, that I was out every night, just about every night, uh, going to a bookstore somewhere to sign copies of my book that I wrote in December. Um, the idea when you write a book is what I found out is that the the time you put your book out is December because of Christmas. Now again, the world was a lot different 13 years ago because people were actually buying books and Kindle and things like that were still rel- relatively new. And if you went to a bookstore, there were lines of people waiting to buy books. I don't know if that's the case anymore. So, but that month, I sold 7,000 copies of Just Watch the Game. That's the name of the book. Now, so <laughs> I see now that Brian Stelter has a book out, okay? You know who Brian Stelter is, in case you've forgotten. They, he was referred to by uh, people in the media, in conservative media, as Mr. Potato Head, because he looks like Mr. Potato Head. Of course, he sounds like Mrs. Potato Head, but you get what I'm saying here. He's a kind of a chubby guy, pretty effeminate. So he puts out, he gets fired by CNN. And he puts out a book, and um, I forget what it's called. Or I'll see if I can find what it's called. But it's uh, now I sold seven thousand books, and it was a local book. 
people in Chicago weren't buying it. Nobody knew it was released here. It was only sold around here. I sold 7,000 copies in a month. Uh, Brian's book's been out a couple of weeks now. Nationally. I saw a clip. Uh, he was on The View, so he's gotten that publicity. The View gets a gigantic audience of millions and millions of people, mostly women, who obviously hate Trump, as we just heard, and probably love Brian Stelter. But he sold 3,807 copies. That's what he's, That's how many he sold. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And here's the thing. I didn't get an advance on my book. I had to self-publish it. I paid everything. I had to pay. I found selfpublishing.com. Good, I could give them a good plug. If you're ever interested in writing a book, you can do it through them. I paid for everything. I wrote the book. I sent them the transcript. They they printed it, and I sold it. And I think this guy actually got an advance on this really, really bad book. I can't even imagine it. So somebody at, uh, at Newsbusters came up with some items that there are more than – 4,000 varieties of, to compare to his 3,800 books. And the funny thing is, this is by uh, Bill D'Agostino. Here's one of the things. Varieties of potato. According to the International Potato Center, there are more than 4,000 varieties of potatoes out there. Uh, And CNN employees, there are more CNN employees than 3,800. Uh, there are more people killed every year by agriculture machinery. Um, there are more critically endangered eastern lowland gorillas than 3,800. Those are just some of the things. So it couldn't happen to a more deserving guy. Brian Stelter is out there with a book. Make sure you pick up a coffee and give it to somebody for Christmas, assuming it's somebody you never want to speak to again. I'll be right back. Well, we started off the show talking about the uh, the fact that, well, we talked to uh, Victoria Taft about it in our first segment, second segment, actually, um, where she talked about women and how they don't like men who support Donald Trump. Well, Roseanne Barr has a podcast, and she seems to like Tucker Carlson, who gave a really good explanation uh, the other day, maybe yesterday, um, for why he supports Donald Trump. What do you think? I certainly support Trump. I'll tell you that. And I can tell you, I mean, I've always agreed with Trump's policies, always. And I lost friends over it. Um, but, and I've never really actively supported anybody because it's not my job to actively support people. Right. I watch, you know, right. I like to watch. Um, but I'm a voyeur. <laughs> yeah. But I became an active Trump supporter when they raided Mar-a-Lago last summer the summer of 2022 that, that that's just, that can't stand no that can't and that i ag- something. agree with trump on a lot but even if i disagree with trump on a lot i'd still be a trump supporter because you cannot allow that you cannot allow the you know the regime the president of the united states to use the justice department to knock the front runner out of the race you can't do that no you can't do that so it's bigger than trump it's bigger than biden it's a question of you know do you want to live in a free country with a functioning justice system you know that's exactly and right. so i'm voting for trump and if they convict him, I will send him the max donations and I will lead protests. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. Because too. and by the way, if I thought that he had committed some real crime, I wouldn't feel that way. But he didn't. He and Biden are both found with classified documents at home, along with every other former high level federal official in history. But only Trump is indicted. Like, tell me how that works. Oh, shut up. Yeah, here you go. So there, that, that's 
that pretty well sums up the way I feel. I, although I liked Trump long before he was indicted 37 times or whatever it is. Um, so I, I mentioned also, I want to get back to this. I mentioned in my conversation with Victoria Taft about the, what I saw. This is from actually, um, Eyewitness News, WABC New York. So it's ABC, WABC, Channel 7 in New York. And this is, this is on their website. Okay. Dallas, by, uh, Dateline Dallas. People in doubt, police in Dallas have issued an arrest warrant for Buffalo Bills linebacker Vaughn Miller on charges stemming from a major disturbance at a home on Wednesday. According to police, a preliminary investigation determined that Miller, 34, and the victim got into a verbal argument and the suspect, and the suspect assaulted the victim who was pregnant. They said Miller left the scene before they arrived. The victim was treated for minor injuries and an arrest warrant was issued for Miller for allegedly, are you ready, assaulting a pregnant person. That's what's, uh, that, that is, that is on the, the, the uh, WABC website. And I'm looking down here and I, I'm coming to the end of the story and uh, a few more paragraphs down here. The word woman is not used anywhere in this uh, piece. And I don't even know if they make, make mention that it's his wife or ex-wife. Nothing, nothing. It's just the victim and the victim is a pregnant person. That's the world we're living in. And this is WABC TV in New York. I believe that's an ABC-owned station. Speaking of the word world we're living in, remember Jesse Smollett. Looks like Jesse might be headed for prison, jail. He won't go to like a prison prison. But uh, his, the Illinois Appeals Court upholds Smollett's disorderly con, uh, conduct conviction. He was convicted of faking a racist and homophobic attack in 2019 and then lying to police about it. And uh, he somehow got it, weaseled out of it. First, the corrupt district attorney in Chicago tried to uh, drop the charges or, or uh, dismiss the charges, whatever. And uh, it ended up going to court. And then he appealed it before he spent uh, like a week in jail. Well, now it looks like he might be going back for, um, I don't know, six months or so. I hope it's that much. But uh, I thought it would be interesting to look up here uh, some of the things that were being said about Jussie when he lied about all this stuff. Joe Biden said, what happened today to Jussie uh, Small Smollett must never be tolerated in this country. We must stand up and demand that we no longer give this hate safe harbor, that homophobia and racism have no place in our streets or in our hearts. We are with you, Jussie. Maybe Joe can go to prison with him. And then Kamala Harris. This was an attempted modern-day lynching. No one should have to fear for their life because of their sexuality or the color of their skin. We must confront this hate. Aren't they wonderful? I hope Jussie has a nice weekend, and you do too. I'll talk to you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.